0: Welcome back to Own Goal Podcast as we continue part two of our World Cup special. Uh, last time out, we really did a deep dive into the U.S. men's national team and Group B, and this time it's really time to talk about everyone else.
1: The rest of the world podcast. Yeah. Got a couple good, fun conversations. We'll probably also uh, you know, mix in some predictions about group stage, maybe some knockout stuff, individual accolades, a whole bunch of shit to get to, but first... To the
0: byline. It's in, it's an up goal! It's a gift! Oh, well, it's almost done well to get that in because he's ahead of the near post, it's almost behind him, sticks his left leg out, he almost hits his heel, and goes straight into the bottom of the corner, bottom corner of the net. Gets ahead of the ball, it's the inside of his car, but no too to the keeper
1: As we said, uh, the the onset of this, we're going to do our best to not spend too much time talking about the USA or those Group B opponents. I uh, can really expect to only hear them come up maybe during some of our prognostications, uh, our predictions and, and things we see to play out uh, for the full tournament. The rest of the time, and, and to kick things off, we're going to go through the other groups, right? So we'll back up to Group A, skip B, and then go all the way down to the end there. Um, you know, Donnie, any, anything else to add or you just want to jump right in? No, let's jump
0: right in with group A cause that match is going to kick off first. It's going to be Sunday, 10 a.m. Central time. Um, and in group A, we have the host nation, Qatar, uh, from South America, we have Ecuador from Af- Africa, we have Isadio Mane-les, mm. Senegal, and of course, always known as the best team overall to never win the world cup, the Netherlands.
1: Three-time finalists, three-time losers in the final.
0: And twice against a host country in the final, which is just, that's like, I don't know, I feel like that just adds like an extra tinge of unlucky. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so, you know, we can, I think there's a couple different interesting things to to, to pick at with, with this group. It's definitely a group of intrigue. Uh, you know, the host nation in here has a little bit more Pizzazz to it than it would if this bid was won through fair and just means and the tournament wasn't put on and funded and built in so many complicated ways. Um, But I can kind of tell you... Most of
0: those ways being highly illegal, unethical, and immoral.
1: Immoral, yeah. Um, I can tell you without a doubt, I don't know a single name on this roster. For Qatar. For Qatar, for the host nation, yeah. No, no, no for the Netherlands, like what?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would also be wild. Um, yeah, I'm right there with you, and I feel like there are quite a few players on their roster who are n- who maybe they convinced to get Qatari citizenship very late in life.
1: Yeah, they 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 were doing uh, a big push once they kind of knew they were going to be. You know going hard on this bid and getting once they got the bid in recruiting, you know, anybody they possibly could that would have, you know, an easy path to eligibility for the, the Qatari national team, uh, and targeting player people from or that grew up in nations with built established, uh, you know, grassroots youth campaigns. So, one thing that's interesting is I think. A third of their roster come from one team, Al Sa Al Saad. I'm sure I'm not pronouncing it properly, but oh, uh, there's a lot of players, especially on the goalkeeper, defense, and midfielder side, that all come from that one squad. You know, I think the majority of the rest of the players also come from that, the Qatari Super League, uh, or the Qatari the Qatari like yeah, something league, and. There's a good chance that they will have a lot of chemistry. They've been playing together uh, a while. They suspended their league in September to give the team even more time to practice and, and work together. So they're actually the only team coming into this that's had like a proper, you know, month or even more long. Uh, yeah, camp seems like they had a form, couple months. Yeah.
0: I'll also note we did watch Qatar play in the Gold Cup. Uh, most recent iteration of the Gold Cup, and uh, USA narrowly beat them 1-0. Now it was a USA C team, but that that may give you some indication. And we'll see how much they progressed. That was in
1: the team. semifinals of the Gold Cup too. Like, like yeah. they 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 made it that far too. Like they,
0: yeah. So there's just something to note. Um, they're a big unknown. What is coming out though, interesting in this group, is that apparently. Eight Ecuadorian players are coming out saying that Qatar tried to pay them like $7.5 million to throw the second half of the game
1: 1-0? I would like to point to some inaccuracies in your statement.
0: Okay. This is just first, uh, off, first off, I'm just like off, internet rumors.
1: First off, yes, yes, thank you. Unconfirmed reports. Second off, the reports are coming from unnamed sources in the Ecuadorian squad and in the Qatari squad, by the way. Third, I believe it was seven players are have been off reportedly offered to receive. I don't know if it's individual or a lump sum or, or a total sum of seven point eight million dollars to, in the second half, throw the game one nothing.
0: Yeah.
1: It's it's simultaneously one of the most unbelievable reports to hear in the lead-up to the opening game of the World Cup, but at the same time, this is not shocking whatsoever, and I don't know how to, like, compute those opposite reactions.
0: Can we agree that regardless of the merits of the reports, regardless of their confirmed or unconfirmed status, it is a really, really, really bad look for Qatar, and it's a really bad look for the World Cup, honestly.
1: I think it's a worse look for FIFA than it is for Qatar. Yes. Think about it this way. The world has spent the last, you know, depending on who you are and your level of, uh, you know, kind of attention to this, has spent the last four years, last year, easily the last three to six months, dragging Qatar's, like, human rights issues and violations and noncompliance and, like, questionable mor- morality of a lot of stuff, uh, like, on a global scale. So, like, in the grand scheme of things, bribing for a soccer game is not nearly as bad as having an institutionalized, you know, what many human rights advocates call modern slavery. That's so much worse, right? So, like, I think it it looks way, way worse for FIFA because, like, it's – and this is weird to say. You know, it's one thing to empower autocrats and help, you know, Putin sports-wash – the idea and image of Russia and then go ahead and attack, uh, attack Ukraine um, through your tournament, you know, garnering that goodwill. It's another thing for the one thing you're supposed to do, put on a soccer competition, come into question of it's like authenticity and validity.
0: I'll say this um, as we kind of, if Qatar get out of this group, I will have questions. Um, especially if there is yeah. any VAR controversial decisions this this will be this will be a huge mar on the tournament. The likes we haven't seen since like the 70s, 74 when the, actually
1: when the negotiated draw happened. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't that like Germany and uh I think it was
0: Argentina was involved. Maybe we're and, thinking of two different things though. Because what I'm thinking of is, one of the times the Netherlands lost in the 70s in the World Cup final was when they played Argentina, who shouldn't have even been to the final, but in their last group stage game, they bribed their opponent to, like, win 7-0, advance out of the group, went all the way to the knockout rounds into the final, and then beat the the Netherlands in the final.
1: Okay, yeah. um, There's another one where uh, two teams didn't, like... I, I, I'm blanking on, on who it was and when it was, and it may have been like Austria and Italy or, or something. I can't quite recall. But basically, the group was undetermined. The th- any three teams could go, and all all the two teams played against each other needed was just a 0-0 uh, a draw. And so they basically just spent 90 minutes passing the ball back and forth to each other without actually doing it that way. Yeah. But like, it was cl- there was clearly a gentleman's agreement Held at some point in the lead-up to the kickoff, where they said, "Hey, we're not going to go. You're not going to go," and that way we both go through. And now, the um,
0: last and now because of that game, the because last, of that,
1: the last last group stage, last group was, stage yep. are played simultaneously. Yep. It yep. was the reason for that. So, um, but that being said, one thing that I thought was interesting because I think some of these reports are reportedly coming out of the Qatari camp. This feels like a move not necessarily done with like the Qatari teams. Uh, you know, heads up or knowledge of, uh, but you know, obviously from like the 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 royal fa- the ruling family, because you know, I'd imagine the Qatari players actually want to like prove their medal and their worth, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, let's transition let's transition to kind of some of these other teams. So, in addition to Qatar, like we said, you have Ecuador, Senegal, and Netherlands. Ecuador, surprisingly, coming out of a tough. um Tough South American qualifying. They which were the is very, final, very hard area to qualify from. It is. Oh, absolutely.
1: It it honestly, I think it might be the hardest, uh, the, the most grueling challenge of qualification. I because completely agree. Completely you agree. play every every team in in there, and that includes you know some powerhouses. Um, I believe Ecuador were the final team out. They were the actual half spot, and they won in the intercontinental playoff uh, to get this. To, to get that, that, that spot into here. Um, interesting, interesting squad. There's a few names that, you know, like, uh, premier league followers are going to remember to, to see and notice. Uh, maybe the most exciting player on their squad is Moises Caicedo. Who's having a, a pretty good run of form with Brighton. Yep. Uh, fun name that we haven't heard, you know, in, in recent months or even recent years, inter Valencia, Yep, who's now playing over in Turkey is still, I would assume, going to be leading the striker line. But you know, other than that, you know, I'm there's a there's a decent uh, MLS contingent representation as well, Uh, and then some Bundesliga attachment here and there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then, obviously, we have Senegal, who unfortunately will be without Sadio Mane, which is a tough blow. Senegal are the defending um, champions of Africa.
1: And uh, they did literally everything they could possibly attempt to try to get Sadio Mane available. Including
0: consulting the witch doctors.
1: they, They even brought in witch doctors to try to see if they could Impact and aid his healing in, in any way, uh, shape, or form. Which you know, we always love when when superstition and parts of the unknown are consulted in attempts to impact and affect uh, the world of soccer. It's, I think, I think a, a fun little thing that that we like to follow. So it's bummer that that didn't happen. That being said, you know, without clearly their their biggest, most important player, it's still a a squad that's got name recognition, and Absolutely. recognition across a lot of respected clubs across Europe. You know, in goal, we're going to have Edward Mindy, who it's unclear if he's the number one at Chelsea or if Kepa has taken that back after Mindy's injury, but has had more solid performances for Chelsea than he has had shaky performances. Yeah. You know, then you've got, I'm oh, sorry.
0: No, go, go ahead.
1: Let's say you've got, um, you know, Abdou Diallo from Leipzig, Kalidou Koulibaly, who's going to be kind of holding down that back line as you know, one of the most informed center backs in in Europe the last couple of years. So there's there's some stuff to like. And, and you know, any any attackers or at midfielders catching your eye?
0: Yeah. So uh, kind of going into the midfield, they have Chiaki Kyote, who's plays for Nottingham Forest and has been in the Premier League for a couple of different clubs, but. You know, really, the person who catches my the most is on the attacking end, Bamba Dieng from Marseille. The guy is really good, and I, you know, even without Mane, obviously he's the crown jewel. I still think there's like a lot of good talent here, and it's an it's, yeah. it's a good team.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it 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 sucks for them, obviously. It sucks for Mane the most, uh, but it also sucks for us that that's it's, it's an classic example of like. The world's missing out on a star in, in the World Cup, uh, so especially as a bummer. But, Donny, that takes us to the odds-on favorites for the group. Yeah, the Dutch. Le Arrange.
0: Um, this team is heads and shoulders more talented than every other team. I mean, it's just, you look at the names, uh, you have Virgil van Dijk, you have uh,
1: Enzell Dumfries.
0: Dumfries, Matthew DeLiggett, Ty, uh, Tyrell Malacia, Jeremy Freempong for Bayer Leverkusen. In midfield, you got Frankie De Jong, uh Davey Klassen. You have Cody Gakpo, who is Gap, Gak, so hot yeah. right
1: now. Incredibly hot. So hot right uh, now. I mean, in back in midfield, you got Javi Simmons, who's been really, really, really good for PSV Eindhoven mm. in uh, in the ear diversity. They've got some size if they wanted to bring on Wout Weghorst who's playing over Bishikis, uh, and was, I believe, in, he was in the Premier League last year with Burnley, I want to say. So right. there's, there's, and then, you know, obviously it's going to be Memphis Depay, Cody Gakbo, I think are going to be leading the line and probably the most important. But there's a lot of things, I think, to like here, especially when you think about, like, Denzel Dumfries and some of their, their defensive setup outside of their center backs. They could really get close to, like, the old total football ways of of Dutch past where you can see a lot of these players can, can, can move and shift and, and cover a lot of other positions with or without the ball, Uh, which, you know, remains to be seen if that's how LVG will, will uh, set the team up and run them. But the potential is there. that's always exciting when you can see like shades of, of the old Dutch way.
0: And I think with kind of LVG going public about fighting cancer, I think this team has a real feel-good energy. They have like that perfect combo of a good kind of rallying around their coach, who's a very good coach, well-respected in Europe, and just a very talented team. And uh, I have them coming out of the group number one.
1: Yeah, I I, I as well. I do as well. I think the 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 concern here would be this this group, this team just does not have experience succeeding in Europe. Yeah. Uh, unless you're factoring in nation's league, which I, I don't know if they did well or didn't, but I don't, I don't give a fuck. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't care either.
1: The problem with missing out on some world cups in the past and, and, you know, not making runs in, in your, in, uh, the euros. Like, it's just, that's the big, the big miss. You know, this is, I believe Van Dyke's first world cup because he missed out with like, I think injury or something, or maybe his first major tournament. Cause he missed out of the euros with injury. Yeah. Um, uh, so, it it it'll that'll be the, the big tell. I don't think it'll, that would rear its head in the group stage, but it could come knockout time.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good analysis. So, I have Netherlands one. You have Netherlands one. I do. But you have two. It's a tough this one. The, it's a tough one.
1: This is the hardest one for me. This one I had kind of without too much consultation. I I had Senegal before Sadio Mane was, ruled, was confirmed out. Going back through it, I'm going to stick with Senegal because I just do like the level of competition that a lot of their defenders, goalkeeper, and midfield are are playing in that I think is going to prop them up well. The the toughest part about this is their opening game is against the Netherlands, right? And if you lose, as we mentioned yesterday, it's almost like the kiss of death. Um, So it's... That, that'd be the biggest concern, because they're probably going to lose. And I would assume Ecuador is going to win. Uh, but also, could be very... like We'll see. We'll see. If I'm, I'm going to go with Senegal.
0: Yeah. Uh, pretty much same as you. Senegal was my lock at two. Then Sadio Mane confirmed out. Makes you waver a little bit, but I still think... You, know, you don't become the champions of Africa because of one player. And um, I'd like to think that they're still going to get out.
1: Honestly, if this was... If, if, if two things, one of two things, if this was a different Ecuador team, or if basically, if this was a few years younger, inner Valencia on this Ecuador team, I think I'd have them pulling the upset and getting through, but he's just
0: not what he was, man. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Father time catches up with everyone except for Kyle Walker. (laughs) Uh, So like Eric said um, earlier, we're going to skip group B because pretty much all you got last episode was group B. And let's go into Group C, where we have one of the World Cup favorites, Lionel Messi's Arabia. Argentina. We have Saudi Arabia, as you said, Mexico, and Poland.
1: Can I give you my initial snap thought? Yes. I feel like Argentina always get easy groups in the World Cup. Yes. I just 2018 is, they
0: had an easy group too.
1: Yeah, they, they 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 stumbled a little bit. Yeah, on their way out, they had to, they had to beat Iceland on the final day, I think, to be confirmed. So wasn't
0: Nigeria in their group, and they struggled with Nigeria a little bit? Yeah, that sounds. At least it sounds right, even if I'm wrong. Any,
1: anywho, it's <laughs> as Donnie mentioned. This group hosts houses one of the biggest favorites in the tournament. Clearly, that makes them the easy favorite to get out of this group. Um, the names on this roster are the names you would anticipate, right? Like, like yes. Messi's on there. What more do you really need to know? But obviously, Latour Martinez is on there. Dybala uh, is on there. Julian Alvarez is on there. And those are only—I've only named forwards.
0: Uh. Yeah, if you go—they got the, they have the other Martinez, the other L Martinez, Lissandro Martinez, who— has proven everyone wrong on what a short king can do, has been arguably Manu's best signing this season, has looked great right in the back. Um, they have talent. They have talent.
1: Yeah. The, the one thing that I would, I guess, kind of point out is, like, maybe, maybe their weakness might be in midfield, but also they're probably going to drop Messi maybe into the hole a little bit and have him play more of a creator to get more of that attacking talent up top and that is going to mitigate uh some of those concerns and, and weaknesses in the midfield um uh, so yeah it's a, it's a strong fucking squad
0: this is also a team on a 30 something unbeaten run coming into this tournament very much italy going into euro 2020 played in 2021 vibes yeah very much those vibes team who plays very well together um yeah i think they're gonna get out of this group number one my sh- I would truly be shocked if they did not get out of this group.
1: I'd be surprised if they didn't get out of this group with three wins.
0: Yeah, I was thinking the same thing.
1: Next in the group, we've got Saudi Arabia. I I don't mean to this to sound
0: oh, re- region- I don't mean for this to
1: sound regionalist, but as well as my kind of comments on Qatar, I don't think I recognize any of the names on this roster.
0: And I don't mean any offense in this statement, but Saudi Arabia, congratulations for, co- for qualifying for the World Cup. And uh, we'll see, you know, we'll enjoy you for the eight or nine days you are here to get ship pumped by Argentina and Poland. And then you'll be on your way.
1: Dude, Poland is where they're picking up their point. <laughs> Classic Polish style. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, Saudi Arabia, they, we will not see them be on the group stage.
1: Taking us to Concacaf dread rival
0: Mexico, one of the worst Mexico
1: teams we've seen in a while, and that's—I mean—that is a sentiment from Donnie shared by me, but that's also a sentiment that I'm—I think we're seeing a lot of uh, shared by fans of the Mexican national team and people on like the uh, the, the the reporting beat of the Mexican national team. It is—it is a squad that. Eerily, I think resembles the U.S. squad that failed to qualify. Obviously, big, big difference here is this squad did did qualify, sure. so in a way that you know they're definitely more accomplished and better in that sense. Uh, but they um, they're not a super young team. They have, I think, four players plying their trade over in uh, the top five leagues of Europe, and then another two that are in the state. I don't remember how old Irving Lozano is now, but if he's not like U twenty three eligible, and they don't have any U twenty three eligible European based players in the squad, he's twenty seven.
0: Wow, he's he's a lot older than I thought he was. Yeah, which is why I always thought the comparisons between him and a 22-year-old Christian Pulisic already showed you that Pulisic won, just given the that – if you think – we always talk about true prime being, like, 26 to 29, mm-hmm. which means Lozano's in his true prime and Pulisic is just bloss- blossoming. So the fact that they're all, the people make the comparisons already show you who's won, if you kind of think about it that
1: way. Yeah. <laughs> um, debate, so debate. it's it- – we're usually, I think, you know, pretty quick to, to not sing praise on Mexico. But I think the signs here are pretty concerning for this, this specific squad uh, and their performance. And, you know, Tata Martina is always on the hot seat with the next Mexican press. Um, it's, hard, it's hard to see him surviving this World Cup. Honestly, it, even if they didn't get out there.
0: Yeah, I agree with your segments. And that sends us to the last team in Group C, Poland, captained and led by star player, um, two-time Hawkeye of the Year winner, Robert Lewandowski. Uh, got qu- quite a bit of talent on the team. Uh, Pietro Zielinski at Napoli is on there. Um, you also have… Mad- Katie Millick. Yeah, Millick. Um, from UVA, you have Chesney from UVA as well. You've got
1: the most uh, Polish name in the world, Matty Cash at fullback.
0: <laughs> so uh, they got some players. Obviously, Lewandowski leads the line, uh, but you know it's Poland, and they're they're always the team that's going to disappoint you in
1: an international tournament. Yeah, I mean the 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 Poles themselves have a a World Cup formula. Uh, lose your first game lose the must-win second game, and then you go into your third game with your fate already sealed out of the tournament. And you
0: you win that one, though.
1: (laughs) Congratulations. But Um, I'll say this.
0: They lucked out at being in a group with Saudi Arabia and a very weak Mexican team.
1: They do. And I will go ahead and say it. I actually have Poland advancing out of this group due to the lack of strength of their opponents, not really because of anything they're bringing to the table. Outside of Robert Lewandowski, this is his moment to prove that he's not a constant choker for
0: Poland. Yeah, I have Argentina and Poland as well. So, so far, six for six, eight groups eight through C.
1: Moving us on to group D, where I do believe we will have a slight divergence. You'll be shocked. If you think that.
0: because You we'll also be- have
1: Australia winning the group? <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: never mind. Then we have a divergence.
1: So this group contains reigning World Cup champions, the French national team, Le Bleu.
0: Reigning World Cup champions plus Karim Benzema.
1: Plus Karim Benzema, minus their uh, stalwart midfield tandem.
0: Pogba and Monte, true, true, true.
1: Yeah, we also have Australia, the Socceroos which is almost always my favorite nickname of every team in the World Cup. There's a couple good nicknames in it this year, but Socceroos are hard to beat for me. It's a good one. And Followed then, up by yeah. the, my darling of the Euros, uh, the Euro 2020 in the summer of 2021, uh, Denmark.
0: And then rounding out the group, uh, Tunisia, who I'm just going to go ahead and get the preview out of the way. Congratulations for qualifying for a World Cup this is the last time only 32 teams do it and you should be honored and proud to represent your country, but, uh, I won't see you after the 10th day.
1: And just to like, just, I guess embrace it at this point, this is another squad where I don't think I know a single name on there.
0: Um, I'm, I'm,
1: looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm not sure. I
0: recognize a couple of teams.
1: Yes, yes, yes. No, I like, uh, I I recognize a few teams, the ones that are uh, European based teams. I just don't know the players. But can, so I, can I just give
0: a shout out to an awesome name in Hannibal Medjbre yes. from Birmingham yes. City? That's awesome. Yeah, um, they're, not so gonna, they're not. They're not. They're not going to get a point.
1: Yeah, you know we can. We can. We that that I think that concludes our Tunisia. Um, <laughs> no, they they can easily get a point or even three, off the Socceroos.
0: When
1: I say easily, I mean conceivably.
0: Okay, it's possible.
1: It's possible, not likely. Fair enough. So, kind of working our way back up to the reigning World Cup holders, the French national team, a team that I think is still Vegas wise, uh, you know, was it their fourth? The fourth on the odds sheet, third on the odds sheet. I think last time
0: I looked, they were it's, fourth at plus 700
1: Cause it's because it's Brazil, Argentina, England. Oh, England is, I, I, I thought so. I thought in this it must have been updated because uh, at one point I think it was France and England but they must have swapped
0: because I think I saw England at like plus 650
1: and then France I was looking the other night but I that was just no I, 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 I haven't I haven't looked since some of the absences were made official
0: I think either way they're the third or fourth favorite to win the tournament <laughs> and so that says something
1: <laughs> so oh, this know, team
0: is so good even without the midfield is, it's so good
1: this team is great you know I think honestly one of the biggest question marks here is is goal is goalie and is getting old.
0: He's not a young man.
1: Yeah. And, of course, the one position where you can really stomach that is, is, is keeper. Um, but Tottenham's been shipping some goals uh, these last couple of weeks in the Premier League. And, I don't know how much of that is on him. And he is getting left to dry by a lot of shoddy defensive work, that's for sure. Uh, but it's just something to to point out. Because, interestingly enough, you know, leading up to the last World Cup, he was in rough form. There was there were people questioning would he be the unquestioned starter, um, which he was, and he got really hot in the tournament, had a great tournament, and was a piece uh, that that helped deliver that victory. So just interested to keep in mind. But dude, this defensive list—I
0: don't even know how you pick a back four out of this.
1: You know what? <laughs> they have who I biasly think, and you and I believe you not biasly agree the best left back in the world right now.
0: Teo Hernandez.
1: Teo Hernandez. They also... So apparently Deschamps oh. says is in a competition with his brother Lucas Hernandez for the starting role.
0: That's, all, that's already all I need to know about what an idiot Deschamps is because Lucas Hernandez has been playing a lot at left-sided center back for Bayern Munich with Alphonso Davies. And there's no better chemistry than two brothers playing side by side. They have known each other their entire lives.
1: I mean, I I absolutely agree. Uh, But also, you know, I think he's looking at his center back options. <laughs> They're also and so filthy. He's got a lot of, of, you know, proper, <laughs> properly trained true center backs.
0: Why would you convert- want that when you can only have another fullback out there?
1: True. Sure. And then, well, that's also a great basic question about what to do with, like, Pavard. Is he going to be playing in a f- fullback or center back role? He was playing fullback, I think, in their, their workup last year. Um, but also interesting, you know, um, Furlon Mindy didn't make the uh, the squad.
0: Yeah, I um, I was pretty shocked about that because Furlan Mindy is, I think, one of the most underrated left backs. I think because
1: right, right back,
0: right back. Excuse me. Yeah. No, no, he plays Fair. left back actually. Because um, oh, you're right. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I rescind the excuse me, and I was correct. He's a
1: left back. Yeah, it's and honestly. It might be worth – what I might do is ask Lucas to play, to swap over, play right back, let Teo play left back, and then you get, you know, probably what we're going to see Kanate maybe, uh, Koundé, Makano. I mean, there's so many options. I
0: mean, Saliba has had
1: a great – He's year so for well Arsenal. for Arsenal. Yeah.
0: It's just – and then even without – obviously in the midfield, we talked about them missing um, Pogba and Conte, which are huge, huge losses. Because together they are, they, they. I mean, Croatia. Think about the twenty eighteen World Cup final. Croatia had a great midfield with Rakitic, Modric.
1: That was the strength of their team.
0: It would, didn't matter because you have Conte and Pogba. Because it, this is, they're just so fucking good, and they're so good together. Yeah. But Kama Kama is still really, really good. Um, is still very, very good. I mean, they're young, and they're going to be thrust in the spotlight early. But it's kind of like. It'll, I mean, you know, make or break. You guys are good enough to play at Real Madrid. You know, take the next step here.
1: Absolutely. Um, you know, and it's just, it'll be very interesting to see what Deschamps does because with those two absences, you know, I would probably try to get a little, a little tricky with, you know, dropping a forward into the hole, right? So basically, running those two proper midfielders and then, and then grabbing one of your, your very talented forwards, dropping them down, and kind of, like we mentioned for the Argentina, engineering an extra attacker into your roster, into your starting lineup. Yeah. Because this, these forwards, you've got the reigning Ballon d'Or winner and Karim Benzema. You know, you've got Kylian Mbappe. And then you've got Kingsley Coman, Usman Dembele, Ousmane Dembele has
0: been on fire for the last eight months for Barcelona, by the way. This guy has been a monster.
1: Antoine Griezmann, you know, then, oh, if you're late in the game and you are struggling for a goal or you need a goal, you could bring on proven target man Olivier Giroud, who's still playing really well at his advanced age, you know, delivering a Serie A title for Milan last year.
0: And more importantly, still looking very good in his advanced
1: fucking age. Fucking great. Uh,
0: this team is just stacked
1: we we should mention there was a really really disappointing uh injury in french training costing on fire christopher and cuckoo to have to withdraw from the squad really disappointing to see that guy was playing he was m- might be the most uh, you know electric attacker in the bundesliga this season
0: yeah yeah um and finally, your beloved, beloved Danes.
1: I I have a soft spot. I'm going to have a soft spot for this Danish team for a while. Um, honestly, I don't think there's. You're not seeing too much different from the squad than we saw from them going into the Euros. They came out on top in their uh, European or their UEFA qualifying group with Italy. And we all saw how that played out for the uh, Italians there. And you know, one thing to remember with Denmark, they made that semi-final run in the Euros, played a close game, lost, lost a heartbreaker to England, and they had to do almost all of that tournament without you know their creative maverick Christian Eriksen. Who is he? Great form. He, he's healthy. He's in strong form. I'll go ahead and say it. This is the group, this is the team I have winning this group.
0: I also have Denmark winning the group. God damn and it. And you know I wrote all my names yesterday. Yeah, I know. There it is. I have them winning the group. This is... This is a... It's the story, man. It's all about the story. The sports gods reward the story. The story of the guy, the, Christian Eriksen, who had a heart attack during the Euros, how traumatic that was. The team that rallied, out, rallied behind him made their deep run, were a darling. Now, Christian Eriksen has come back, just scored, you think it's a coincidence he scored his first goal for Man U <laughs> in the last game that Man U played before this World Cup? I don't fucking think so. They play as a unit, they play together with France. You always hear those rumors about
1: I mean, on paper, fractions, you could argue. Fractions in the team chemistry.
0: Absolutely. On paper, you could argue that French team is the most talented in the World Cup, and that's a very, very good argument to make.
1: It's an easy argument to make, yeah.
0: too. But where are they always together? Or they, There's a lot of ego in that locker room. There's a lot of ego. So you just wonder if those issues will rear their head. Because remember, France got knocked out of the Euro to Hungary. Hungary. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough look. So I do think they're going to finish second.
1: What? I thought I thought they blew their lead to Switzerland.
0: Oh, Switzerland. Sorry, Hungary was in the group with the, Hungary was the team yeah. that led it at some point in every game and yeah. then lost. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, earlier. they yeah. lost to Switzerland.
1: They blew a three-one lead to Switzerland, I believe.
0: Yes, and then lost some penalties. Excuse yeah. me. So you got me back for the Mendy left back, right back. I I yep. swapped in Hungary, Switzerland. Justice is balance. Um, uh, and if, I think if, them if, finishing if, second in this group is what's going to cost them from winning the group because because
1: it, the second place in this group puts them into a dangerous collision course with a uh, a few a few South American teams we think have the juice
0: <laughs> to say the least. And there's also a few South American teams that brought 2,000 pounds of meat (laughs) to the World Cup. Uh, Argentina and Uruguay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, I think we both have Denmark-France
1: on this one. Absolutely. Damn.
0: So, we are. This is, the fact that we're this in sync just really means that there's going to be a lot of fucked up shit in these first four Oh,
1: for sure. And we're going to be, like, we're going to be struggling to get one group correct.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And that takes us to Group E, where we have Spain- Costa Rica, Germany, and the ever-so-pleasant Japan.
1: The Samurai Blues, another one of my favorite uh, soccer team nicknames. It is a great name. Also, I didn't call this out. One of my other ones I really like is Senegal, the Indomitable Lions. That's an awesome name. Which is pretty cool. Uh, But going back to this group, I actually think, you know, one thing that I thought when we saw all the groups, not really like a a clear favorite far-and-away group of death, Not like one that you can easily label. This is the group of death. I think this is the best group based off of the strength of its three strong teams. Mm -hmm. You've got perennial favorites in Spain and Germany. And I really, really like the team chemistry unity that this Japan team always plays with. And they've got some talent on their squad too that they often either don't have or don't get credit for having. Uh I think I think I'm actually excited to see Japan throw a wrench in maybe one or both of Spain and Germany's group stage games.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I um it's at at first glance it seems so easy to dismiss Costa Rica and Japan, but I don't even think you can dismiss Costa Rica because they have a good goalie in Kaylor Navas, and all yeah. all it takes in a knockout tournament is a hot goalie, and that can take you that can get you out of the group stage.
1: Is there an active keeper in this World Cup that has more Champions League uh, titles than he does? I don't think so. I don't think so either. So, and he didn't really. I mean, with the exception of uh, the last the last one he got, all the other ones he was not on the bench. You know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's a really, really interesting group. Um, I agree with you about Japan. I think Costa Rica will be a tough team to break down. I just think that, you know, they don't have enough in the midfield and in kind of attacking positions to really do any damage.
1: The here, Here's what I got. I think they're, you know, they called in Brian Ruiz again. Joel Campbell again these are names that have been relied on for Costa Rica for like two World Cups before now it's just it's a lot of miles
0: yeah
1: it's a lot of miles to ask I I think they're gonna sit in an in incredibly low block which is going to you know help their really 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 talented keeper keep things out of the net I think they're going to struggle to create chances. And that's going to be, you know, that's going to be tough to overcome. Um, so, we talked a little bit about Japan. Do you have anything else about Japan you wanted to kind of call out? Um, or do you want to move on to the two heavyweights here?
0: No, let's move on to uh, Rocky. Right, I, and will say,
1: I will say one thing. This Japan squad has is calling a lot of players from top four leagues in Europe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, who do you want to talk about first? Espana or with let's go, let's go with Espana. No De Gea.
1: It's the first thing you see on the team sheet is the goalkeepers they called in. And not seeing David De Gea... It's gross. ...is so shocking because he is clear, far and away above, above everybody else on this roster, the best shot stopper that Spain have in their pool. And, like, I just... I understand the idea of we play possession-based progressive, you know, tactics. So we need a keeper that can move and, and disperse the ball well. How can any stat for a keeper be more important than shot stopping? I just it is that idea is anathema to like my whole concept of understanding the sport. And maybe I'm just a flat-brained knots
0: also to then send him the letter congratulating him on his retirement My retirement that was pretty fucked up
1: I was getting like real Real Madrid uh, taking iker Casillas out out back and shooting him in the you know basically in the face like I guess there's something about Spanish soccer and not treating the the long-term servants of your team with the due respect they deserve.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Spain, still a solid squad. I think the biggest question marks are in defense. Um, I still think, obviously, Danny Carvajal is playing right back at an elite level uh, for Real Madrid. But then after that, it's kind of like, you know, there's Azpilicueta, there's Eric Garcia, Laporte, Alba's, you know, Barcelona's been trying to get a left-back replacement for Alba. It, it just, I, you know, their defense is in there, but I think if they start the midfield trio of Rodri, Gavi, and Pedri, that's going to be a tough midfield to play.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if, if they actually line up with all three of those, or are they going to carve out a spot for Busquets in his advanced age, right? It, it, it's, they've done a good job of ushering in a young kind of new group, but there are a few of those holdovers, mainly Busquets and Jordi Alba, uh, that if you want Spain to succeed, I think you have to hope that those guys are there from a leadership perspective and to bring this young squad through the motions and deal with the nerves. Uh, but you probably don't want to see them on starting 11, right? That, yeah. That, that, that'd be my biggest question. The other part is they're still going to be relying on... Uh, Maratta to actually finish the goal, finish the goal chances.
0: Yeah, they don't have the best number nine spot. Like they have other great attackers in Mustafi, yeah. uh, Ferran Torres. Antares. He's a gamer. Nico Williams um, from Bilbao, also a gamer. I just yeah, this the number nine position's a little bit soft.
1: They're gonna be asking Maratta and probably Jeremy Pino as like I think the the the, the other option to convert those chances and. We saw how that kind of did them in in the Euros, yeah, and how it's kind of done in every team Morata's Mar- has played for in the last five years.
0: Well, there's like a whole conspiracy about him that he's like a way for clubs to launder money. Have you ever like taken a look at that theory?
1: <laughs> I know what I'm doing tomorrow.
0: Yes, <laughs> look at it and then talk to me. I think it's—I don't necessarily saying I buy it, but I'm saying it's very fascinating which means I kind of buy it.
1: And you're saying it doesn't seem impossible.
0: It seems plausible in fact. <laughs> okay.
1: So let's 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 touch on, you know, dust chariamans <laughs> dime shaft. No shocks in, in goal keep, right. right? Manuel Neuer, anticipated starter, uh probably the they probably have the the best backup keeper in the World Cup and Marc-André ter Stegen. And then they have, I think, a, a third string that a lot of people would like to have as as a backup or even potentially a starter option in Kevin Trap. Yep, they're they're fine and goalie. Neuer will play the whole tournament. If he doesn't, Mark Andre Tosturgen will play, and there shouldn't be much of a drop in coverage and performance there. Yep. I want you to take this point on on the defenders of Germany because you you were texting me something, and I want I don't want to like steal your, your your thunder there on the analysis
0: a little bit weaker there as a position group I think one big standout is Rudiger and then yeah. after that you see a lot of Freiburg no offense to Freiburg you see a lot of Southampton you see you see Borussia Dortmund who are, like the worst leaking, defense. are
1: are leaking goals worse than just not now, playing anybody there where I
0: think they're in a unique position is that okay Rudiger good player You can bring in uh, my boy.
1: You're thinking of trying to find Joshua Kimmich.
0: Thank you. You can bring in Kimmich to play right back, which we know he can do at a very, very high level. And then all of a sudden, two of your back four spots are taken care of, and as long as the other two guys can do their jobs, I think you can manage with Terstegen. Not excuse me, with Neuer being that sweeper keeper, but it is not a a very strong position group in comparison to their midfield and forwards who are very strong. Yeah,
1: And I mean, that's a very, very solid concept and idea. And it does what we always say national teams should do is it, it gets you closer to your best 11 players on the field at once. I don't think Hansi Flick is going to do it just because while he was at Germany... He while he was at uh, Bayern, he continued to deploy Yazua Kimmich in that midfield role, and has clearly continued. In, when we've seen German play under Flick recently, Kimmich is the driving, sole driving force of the team, and he does it through that midfield position. So I just I don't think I, we've seen anything from Flick to suggest that he's going to make that. I think, astute, uh, like, swap.
0: Now, see, I'll disagree with you. Hansi Flick, We you judge a good manager at Bayern if he wins the Champions League with Bayern, and you only judge a manager at Bayern on that basis. Agreed? Yeah. Yeah. Hansi Flick won the Champions League at Bayern. And Hansi Flick, to your point, was so astute that he recognized the value of the, you know, the best form of a fullback is to truly become a midfielder. But... Then the ultimate form of the fullback is to then have to revert back to a fullback.
1: Is to then play midfield... Is to deliver his midfield role from, from a fullback position.
0: Yeah. And
1: I think when you look... You're at- unbearable. I just have to I just <laughs> get that out there.
0: When you look at guys like Leon Goretzka and um, Gundogan, who can kind of shore up that midfield, it's not like... Obviously, I agree with you. Kimmich being in the... If they had a, comp- if they had a good right back, Kimmich being in the midfield is best-case scenario... But I really do think there's a lot of other guys in the midfield who can kind of help take that over, and it's maybe not going to be as felt if Kimmich has to slot back to right back. But Uh, at the end of the day, I think you're probably right. Kimmich won't play right back, but I think he should.
1: I agree. Uh, And then finally, the forwards, uh, Timo Werner. Timo Werner picked up picked up that injury uh, with Leipzig shortly before the squads were called, so he's out. Kai Havertz is in. Yusuf Mikoko. Karim Kareem uh, really, there's some talented youngsters called into this squad. Jamal you know, Musiala, Jamal Musiala, really, really solid. They've had him listed as a midfielder. He's in a you know an attacking midfielder, as what he has been playing for Bayern. Um, also, Thomas Müller is there. We also we all know that like when Germany needs him to, he can he can score goals for Germany in international competitions.
0: Only man at this World Cup who has double digit World Cup goals.
1: Yeah. So it'll be it'll be very interesting to see how how they set their kind of team up. Uh, just because those attacking midfielders that that we started talking about, they also have Serge Gnabry, Leroy Zane. You know, there's a lot of of well-performing talent that you've got to figure out a way to get into the into the to to the the field um predictions i got germany coming out first
0: so do i
1: (laughs) and i have the samurai blues coming out second
0: wow we have some uh we have a difference we have a difference i
1: think that's a pretty good pick i have
0: spain coming out second
1: I mean, that's the the smart money pick is is definitely on Spain making it out of the group. Yeah, but the uh,
0: galaxy brain pick is the blue samurai.
1: But this is you know, I, I always have to have one of my out of left field E Gates eighty four picks. And you hit, you
0: hit more than you miss. I'm going to give you that. You hit more than I, you miss. I think unless it, I, it has I, in any way to do with a team that I'm remotely interested in, <laughs> then you then you then it's not only that you miss, but you crash, you burn, and you kill civilians along the way.
1: Mainly you, mainly civilian. <laughs> you kill me. You
0: bring me back. You kill me again.
1: It's yeah. I'm I'm fuck it. Yeah. I'm I'm taking Japan. I like it. I like this team. I like how they play. They're not. I don't think they're gonna beat people by multiple goals. But I think they're going to honestly. Way I see it is they're gonna lose to Germany. They're gonna beat Costa Rica. They're gonna draw Spain. Uh, but I think Germany fucks Spain over on goal differential. Uh, in in the game they play, and Japan slides in through that tiebreaker
0: all right, I like it I like it and that now brings us to Group F where we have Belgium, Canada, Morocco, and Croatia. Gates, what are your thoughts kind of coming into Group F here?
1: you know interesting group with Canada and their first World cup in like over forty years or over thirty years. Canada squad with, you know, the most talented player in CONCACAF in Alfonso Davies. Um, a Canada squad that had a really – no, they didn't just qualify. They had a really, really strong qualification. Um, so that will be interesting. It, it, tough for them to draw, you know, a strong team like Belgium. And then they also got an experienced World Cup runner-up uh, in Croatia in their group. Uh, as well as a, a Morocco team that's going to have a name or two that you are going to recognize uh, that are talented players, you know, arguably maybe the best right back in the world, and now Shrafikimi. Yeah. Kim Ziak who doesn't really play much uh, for Chelsea anymore, but we've all seen what he can do with the ball at his feet.
0: Yeah, they have, um, there's, you know, each of these teams has some some quite some few gamers and, um, the biggest gamer of the lot, I guess we'll start there, with Kevin De Bruyne in Belgium. Yeah. It is... Now, Belgium's defense is old as ass. Like, literally old as the earth. But, I'm not going to bet against... I'm not going to bet against Kevin De Bruyne not getting this team out of the group. I mean, Kevin De Bruyne is that good.
1: De Bruyne will get this team out of the group. I I, I don't think that can even, you know, be it questioned. Um, but, this... This roster has a lot of looks has a lot of similar names to it as like a, a 2014 or a 2018 I mean a 2018 roster had yep. on it, uh, and four years doesn't do them a lot of kindness, right? It's a, their strength is in their midfield. You have De Bruyne, you also got Yuri Tillemans, Yana Carrasco, Thorgan Hazard, uh, strong strong squads. Roma Lukaku can be very interesting to see if he can find form. He's been dealing with some injuries uh, to start his his loan season at Inter. That will be really key for them to get him up and running. Dries Mertens is no longer playing at Napoli in Serie A. He's moved over to Galatasaray, but they do have Leandro Chissard, who's scoring goals at a, a pretty nice clip uh, in the Premier League for Brighton. Eden Hazard, this is his you know chance to prove himself. Uh, as he's, I think, in his final year or final year and a half of contract with Real Madrid. So there's there's a lot for these individuals to play for. It's also that kind of vaunted golden generation's realistic last window.
0: Yeah. And they, they did it. I mean, going to the semifinals and losing 1-0 to France is nothing to be ashamed of. Because yeah. at, at the at the last World Cup.
1: I think if they were in the other half of the bracket, they would have met France in the final lost to France.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, Croatia, man, if you guys thought Belgium had an old squad. <laughs> <laughs> this is a old team, but, you know, they do have an, another kind of similar to um, Belgium that the midfield trio of Modric, Kovacic, and Brozovic is a really good one.
1: Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting, whereas the last World Cup, Modric was the engine the motor and really the key part of, of that squad you know I think you could make an argument Brozovic is for Inter oftentimes their most important player um, you know we've seen Mateo Kovacic oftentimes this this year at Chelsea be one of two players not looking like absolute shit uh when the whole squad looks pretty bad yeah. uh so it could be an interesting kind of uh Reversal of, of roles in that they may need to rely a little bit more on Kovacic and Brazovic so that Modric can not have to run around as much, right? Yeah. Maybe not 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 saying that he's the same play style, but maybe play more like a Pirlo back when Italy made that run to the final of the Euros in 2012. I think, or, or
0: honestly, maybe play more like how he did at Tottenham as a traditional number 10.
1: Yeah. So it'll it'll be interesting. Um, you know, they've got their forwards leave some thing to be desired, I think. Yeah. Based I, on compared to years past.
0: Yeah. I agree. I agree.
1: All One right. that's an interesting uh, you know, pick call up is Nislav Orsic from Dynamo Zagreb. Uh, Orsic who scored a couple goals one against Chelsea and one against uh, RB Salzburg in Champions League this year and was really a big main reason why Zagreb was even in competition to advance on the final day
0: Yeah, Um, I have Belgium and Croatia getting out of this group in that order yep me too back to being on the same deal here okay group G Brazil Serbia <laughs> Switzerland and Cameroon You should we start with Brazil
1: Yeah let's let's start with
0: They have a very very good team It is actually kind of disgusting It's in fact it's actually beyond disgusting their team is so filthy
1: Their team is incredible it, there isn't a perceivable like weakness, you know, in the different position groups. But, Allison is going to be their starter. Ederson is a capable backup. Yeah. And from a an analytics perspective, this Weverton uh, guy who plays for Palmeiras, he's statistically playing like one of the best uh, keepers that were called up in any World Cup squad. Yeah. Um, From a performance, a performance or a goals allowed compared to expected goals, uh, performance.
0: My only critique of Brazil, I don't think they have the strongest fullback tandems compared to some of the other favorites and some other Absolutely, teams. that is my kind of only slight critique. But they're they're capable and competent.
1: Their fullbacks very well may be. Danilo and Alexandro, or they're going to be Alex Teles and Alexandro would be my guess. Yeah. And you are absolutely correct. That's not ideal. What is nice is they've got Marquinhos, Thiago Silver, Edo, Eder Militao, and Bremer all at fullback or all at center back. Yes. Which go with any two that you'd like. Like, like that's a, that will be a stalwart defensive unit uh, yeah. that will be protected by the midfield destroyer Casemiro.
0: Right. And also Bruno uh, Guimara's playing incredible yep. at Newcastle. Um, Obviously, we know we can see what Fabinho brings to that Liverpool squad. Um, Fred,
1: you know, Man United's one of their best players last season. That, like,
0: this take of yours, it's going to be, like, ne- next year, it's going to be Fred, one of Man United's best players two years ago. <laughs> Fred, one of Man United's best players six years ago. <laughs> And then, oh my God, <laughs> just it, it's it is pornographic. Grotesque. It's pornographic.
1: The the we haven't said it, but we're just looking at the for, the line of forwards that Brazil has to select from. You know, the names that you want to see there are obviously there. Uh, Neymar Junior, Vinicius Junior. I mean, you've also got Rodrigo, Rafinha, Richardson, Gabriel Jesus, Anthony, and um, this Pedro guy from Flamingo. I do love that, and Gabriel Martinelli. Sorry, but I do love that. Looking at you know Pedro, you got that Weverton goalie. You know they do Everton libero. You they, they make a point to call in a few guys that are young guys, talented guys that are currently playing in the Brazilian uh, Serie A. Which we'll is
0: I have a question for you. Who can stop Neymar and Vinicius Junior on the same team?
1: I've heard rumors that they don't think Vinicius is starting. I know I, they have to be. They have to be like false flag. Uh, like these have to be leaks that Brazil is trying to put out there so people don't. But it's not. it's Donnie, it's not implausible to think somebody else could think we're going to put Neymar out there, we're going to put Richarlson out there, and we're going to put one of Rodrigo, Rafinha, or Gabby Jesus out there, right? I mean, like you and I wouldn't do it; we wouldn't do that over Vinicius Junior. But somebody, am, somebody could.
0: I am stunned at the notion that Vinicius would not start. <laughs>
1: I, I don't believe it, but I have seen unconfirmed internet reports.
0: Wow. Can you imagine late in a game, 70th minute, your legs are so tired? <laughs> and you're, Vinicius you're, comes on? You're in a tight game against Brazil. You've kept him 1-1-0-0, and Vinicius Jr. comes on to terrorize you?
1: Yeah. Or yeah. Martinelli, yeah. Or, G- or Jesus, or Anthony. Like, it... it, it.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, Anthony will put you in the spin cycle,
1: <laughs> and then pass it out of bat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, can we talk about Cameroon?
1: Yeah, we can get into Cameroon.
0: I think we've we're done collectively drooling over Brazil.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. One of the big biggest... in, in my list, Cameroon's at the bottom, uh, and Brazil's at the top. But same, can, same can... on well
0: on one list, Cameroon's at the bottom, <laughs> but on this list on my phone that I have okay. the players, Cameroon's next. <laughs> So that's why I asked you. <laughs> um, Cameroon's got some talent.
1: They got some talent. A um, couple names that jump out to me. Uh, Andre Onana, the he's recently joined keeper uh, for Inter. Onana, oh, Onana. <laughs> yeah, Onana, oh, Onana. Uh, they've got Anguissa, who's playing really, really well for a strong, strong Napoli team. Eric Maxim Kupo-Moting, who's scoring really well for Bayern when he plays. He's not playing every game, but when he does, he's been converting goals. You know, there's some names in here to like. There's some names in here that we aren't familiar with. They will make games against Switzerland and Serbia difficult and interesting.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, Let's talk about Switzerland. Well, they have the uh, biggest calves in the game in Jordan Shakiri,
1: the the biggest calves in MLS
0: <laughs> the biggest calves in the, biggest calves in the city, city of Chicago um and then after that you know kind of a mixture oh. of some of their older heads and
1: one like, of those older heads is a really really informed, form Granit Xhaka for Arsenal yep which is funny because i feel like you in in time past when Shaka when Xhaka was like in his lowest arsenal would be when he would come in and really deliver for Switzerland. So I wonder if he's going to have a really bad World Cup then. It It's hard to say, but it's a, it, it's an interesting thought experiment.
0: And, you know, then there's some names that, you know, you're not as familiar with on the roster, but Switzerland is always a tough team. Mm-hmm. They play a tough style of soccer. They, they have a lot of team unity. I think that they got... This is a tough group for the three teams that are not Brazil. Yes. Because, you know, I think you could make a decent argument for any of them. And uh, I think someone could make a decent argument for Switzerland, but I don't have Switzerland coming out of the group. Fuck,
1: I also don't have them coming out of the group.
0: Because I have... so I
1: have, I have Serbia coming out of the group behind Brazil.
0: I also have Serbia coming out of the group behind Brazil. <sighs> Damn it. Serbia... There's a lot to like. But let's just immediately start with the forwards. <laughs> you got Luka Jovic who is at Fiorentina now. You have Dusan Vlahovic who is scoring for Juventus. You have Dusan Tadic who scores for Ajax.
1: But I, mean, pro- I think Dusan Tadic more provides than scores. Uh, especially when you think about some of the guys that they've had scoring over the last few years. Uh, but Tadic often plays out in the wing and is a key guy in link-up and delivery play.
0: And then they have the ground jewel. Some say <laughs> he's the second-best player in the world <laughs> in Alexander Mitrovic from Fulham, who, in a world where Erling Haaland was never born, would win the Golden Boot this season.
1: It's, it's a lot to love. So much I... to love. I kind of see them rolling out a double, like a, like a, a, a two-striker form, form, formation, to get both Mitrovic and Vlahovic on that pitch. Now, with I think I think Luka Jovic out wide and Dusan Tadic out wide.
0: I agree with you. Now, Mitrovic is nursing an ankle injury, so that he may not be ready to go for game one. Yeah, something to keep in mind. But um and. I'm very excited see, to see him at the World. I want to see something
1: else. You know, you're you. There is a lot to love about Mitrovic, a lot to fawn over with this forward line. It's very possible their best player isn't even a forward.
0: That is true, and I think
1: Sergio Milinkovic Savic is a really good player who's been playing really well for Lazio. I mean, really every season, but he's kind of hit a different level this year. He makes these late runs in the box. He's a threat to score uh, from aerial balls. He's a big guy. He's he's a, he's a tall guy. Um, he plays the midfield position really, really well. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I, I think Serbia is going to be a fun team, and they
1: they're are – They're going to – they will They will concede goals.
0: But they will score goals. They will be a very entertaining team to watch. Um. And I kind of have them as my little dark horse to do something a little crazy, maybe even make the quarterfinals.
1: I got them getting out of the group in second place and then losing in the round of 16.
0: So yeah, so we both got Brazil and Serbia then. Okay, last group, Group H. In Group H, we have Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, Uruguay, and and South South Korea. Korea. Yep. Where do you want to start here?
1: Let's start at the top. Let's start with the the top seated quote unquote team, which is that is that Portugal team coming in.
0: Oh, oh my god. <laughs> this squad. This squad in particular, because of this, this squad. This squad, squad was,
1: really... was was honestly, if like somebody manifested a squad out of your subconscious, Donnie, it would look most like this squad.
0: Yes. First of all. They had Diogo Costa for Porto and Josie Saw for Wolves, Two And, Reno, you know, Rui Patricio is a good goalie. He's just the elder statesman of the trio. Yeah. But Costa and Saw, you could start either of them. They're both incredible. That's just starting at the, the goalie. Now let's get into the defenders. Let's get into the fullbacks, primarily. Jao Cancelo. Jao Cancelo. And your boy. Rafael Guerrero.
1: I love... I teed you up for that, expecting you to say Rafael Guerrero, but I love that after I said your boy, I realized the first name on this list is Manchester United uh, player Diogo Dallo, who I don't think either of us ever thought you were going to say was your boy <laughs> over no. over Rafael Guerrero.
0: No. Those guys are there – there are, by the way, Man United fans out there who think Dallo should be starting at right back over Cancelo, and that is – I love Manchester United. I bleed red. That is just wrong.
1: It's just wrong. Um, Pepe, a oh, oh, pastime favorite of ours. Talk about Pepe made the squad. Uh, Veteran but,
0: leadership. And then you have actually, Ruben Diaz, an excellent center back.
1: I got to assume it's going to be Ruben Diaz and Danilo Pereira that are I going would to recommend. be starting, or maybe Nuno Mendez.
0: I would have, um, if it were me, Pereira, Ruben Diaz. Guerrero, Cancelo.
1: Yeah, I, I I agree. I think that's how you line up uh, with this squad. Which
0: just keeps getting <laughs> better and better. The midfield.
1: The offensive talent doesn't go away when we when we go from full backs to looking at midfielders with this with this unit.
0: Oh uh, you got I just don't even know where to begin. where I'm going to begin. Bruno Fernandez and Bernardo Silva. Just a power combo. You got Ruben Neves, excellent holding midfielder. Yep. You got William Carvalho from Real Betis, excellent holding midfielder. The Jao team, Mario. Yep. I mean, they just got they got this team has dudes everywhere.
1: They got dudes for days.
0: Can we talk about their forwards?
1: I mean, where do you want to start?
0: I want to start with your guy.
1: At this point, he's, he might be your guy.
0: <laughs> he's our guy.
1: This, of course, is the uh, reigning Syria Player of the Year, AC Milan left winger Rafael Leao.
0: So nasty.
1: The man who apparently no defender can can like play him one on one.
0: Bro, defenders struggle playing him three on one.
1: They many most defenders lose out to him two on one. <laughs> three on one, it, it oftentimes ends up being like it's a forty a forty percent win rate, which is wild.
0: It's fair. <laughs> three on one is as fair as it can get on Leao. The dude is explosive, strong, brave, technically skilled, does not play with any fear or hesitation in his game. He is a gamer. Then you have my beautiful João Felix, trapped in Atletico Madrid, but (laughs) set free, hashtag João Felix, with Portugal. Then, of course, you have five-time Ballon d'Or winner, uh, one of the greatest players to ever Kick a soccer ball, Cristiano Ronaldo. Then to back him up, you have Andre Silva. It's just such a good team.
1: Andre Silva, I think, is going to have a great role as the guy that can be called on, you know, in the seventieth minute as that offensive like sub yeah. to help maybe deliver a goal um, w- w- if a goal result is needed. So it's a nasty. This fear. this is a this is a sick nasty offensively offensively sick nasty squad. You know, it's going to come down to what we had talked about. When we discussed the Ronaldo of it all last episode. Yeah. Is is there going to be any sort of distraction in the group uh, over a, a potentially lengthy tournament that could make things falter?
0: Yeah. But if,
1: if their attacking chemistry is there, good luck stop preventing them from scoring three goals every game.
0: Yeah. Actually. Um, should we go to Ghana.
1: The Black Stars, uh, often the probably. thorn
0: in the side for the U.S. It's international. Team. Thorns said the
1: U.S. and I mean, it's, it's hard to think of a side that's an African side that's had more continued, you know, success in the World Cup than Ghana.
0: Yeah, I do think that the talent level of this Ghana team is a little bit less in comparison to prior iterations. Mm-hmm. Not much less, but a little bit less.
1: I I, I will say this for them. They're calling up guys across the roster from Fulham, Brighton, Leicester, Celta Vigo, Thomas Partey and Arsenal.
0: Crystal Palace.
1: Crystal Palace, Bilbao. Sporting. Yeah. like they, they, This squad does have a European pedigree to
0: it. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: But I also would agree, it, outside of Thomas Partey, I don't know if I'm seeing people that are going to be able to have an impact strong enough to advance, to propel them over the two teams I favor in this group.
0: Yeah. Um, you want to go to South Korea real quick? Yeah. They got Sun, and if you have Sun, you have a chance.
1: <laughs> Sunny? With, I mean, we both love a guy rocking a sick black face mask. Yes. And they got sunny has got that vibe going for him, you know. Reminds you of Clint Dempsey in the 2014 World Cup, right? With the with the, the face mask. And
0: then there's you know, a lot of names got, I don't know.
1: A lot of names I don't know. Uh, they've got uh, Kimbin Jay, who's over at Napoli. I haven't seen too much of him, but you know, uh, slouches don't get onto the, Nap- the Napoli squad, especially this Napoli squad. Uh, they've got you know a few other people, but playing. Outside of of Asia, but most of these guys are coming from from Asia, and I believe most of them are actually coming from uh, South Korea itself. That leaves us, Donald, with the last team in our in our little preview. One of the one of the contingents bringing two thousand pounds of meat. Yes, you, you do that when you are anticipating the lengthy stay.
0: Yeah, Uruguay. And this
1: is Uruguay. They got some talent. Their biggest concerns are, I think, our Keeper. Yes. Because I think they're still going to be reliant on Fernando Muslera, who's been, a, been around the block for a while, playing over at Galatasaray. But after him, I mean, I, you got to like what you're seeing.
0: I do. I mean, you got uh, Jimenez from Atletico Madrid, Coates from Sporting on that back line.
1: Like they, they still called in old man Diego Godin, who I cannot imagine is going to be in line to like start or play. But, but there's away. who has more leadership and experience um, in that player pool than him? No, nobody.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bentecourt. Bentecourt's Bente Bente on
1: fire for Tottenham right now. And you know now. who's
0: on fire for Real Madrid? Frederico Valverde.
1: Federico Valverde. And you know who I've That's never blip.
0: seen play a single – who's never played a game for Manchester United? Facunda Bellastri. So he must yeah, be had really good one. if he got called up.
1: I thought that Man United was a uh, was like a typo. No, <laughs> uh, also Matias Vecino is a strong, like attacking midfielder uh, role from for Lazio. And then oh yeah, we'll just list off Luis Suarez, Darwin Nunez, Edison Cavani. I hope all three yeah. of them start. Uh, I <laughs> that's just they're gonna bully everybody. They're, I they're, believe, like, they're, they're like literally.
0: In a, in a sitcom about high school, they're all the bullies. <laughs> it's
1: incredibly true. It's incredibly true. I do believe Valverde is going to be bumped up and play yeah. in the winger slot. Yeah. I would assume we're going to get. I don't know. I have no idea what we're gonna, how we're going to see this. This kind of play out with who's getting what minutes. Obviously, Cavani and Suarez are past their prime. Darwin Nunez hasn't hit his true prime yet. Uh, but he's starting to find his form and, and get some goal returns for Liverpool lately. Unfortunately. Unfortunately for you, very fortunate for Uruguay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, perspective, perspective. How, how so it's
1: you? it's a it looks to be a fun group. Uh, it looks to be a fun team. This, I'll just go ahead and say it, this is the team I have coming out of this group in first. Oh. I have them coming out just ahead of Portugal.
0: All right. So we have – so I have Portugal coming out. I just – I can't bet against all that talent. (laughs) Uruguay coming second. But of the 16 teams we have coming out, 15 of the 16 are exactly identical, and we only have one difference in placing.
1: Um, I think once we get to the knockouts, we could do, like, a full knockout tree prediction. Yeah, I I don't
0: have my knockout predictions.
1: But right now, I just want to hear, I think we should both state, who do we have winning the World Cup? Okay.
0: You and I have talked a lot about this.
1: Has your, have you changed, since we've talked about it, has your stance changed? No. Okay, mine either. So we have different picks. Yeah.
0: Argentina are going to win the World Cup, man. I... It's just all the signs, all the weird yeah. coincidences coming together. Yeah. And you know what the so- – okay, so we talked about it a little bit last episode about the Ronaldo review, how Ronaldo has always been vilified, whereas Messi has always been praised and kind of that slant. And it's just like that's what the sport of soccer wants to see. They want to see Messi get his World Cup. They want to see Messi ride right off in the sunset as the GOAT. And they have a really good team,
1: Argentina. They're a really good team. And they're and not we, losing. And, Donny, they would win this World Cup if they weren't losing to Brazil in the semifinal.
0: Oof. Hard to argue against that pick after I, after I literally <laughs> am still like cleaning up my drool from their attacking line. They ain't going to win. By, I'll tell you this for free. If they don't if, start Vinicius Jr., if, they ain't fucking winning this World Cup.
1: I was going to say this. If if by the semifinals, Vinicius Jr. is not an insurance starter in that squad, they will lose to Argentina. I, I, I will give you that, but I think... He, I think he will be – if he's not starting now, he will start by that point.
0: But we both feel South American energy very strongly.
1: We've been feeling South American energy for this World Cup, I think for like a, maybe over a year, maybe two years now. Just like We've had these picks for a while.
0: Yeah. And I think, honestly, if I couldn't pick Argentina, I would have picked Brazil.
1: I think same way. I would – like Argentina is my second pick behind yep. Brazil. Yep. Um, real quick. Uh, you what, know, okay, now wait,
0: can I ask you a question first, though? Please, yeah. please, please. Last time we did these picks for the 2018 World Cup, uh-huh. I, I, I predicted the winner. You picked the winner. You picked the and, winner. And your team didn't get out of the group stage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what will you do if somehow, almost impossible to happen, if somehow Brazil didn't get out of the group stage, what would that do to you, do you think?
1: I mean, there's a very good chance that. I would do the next five episodes of this podcast with a cut, like a a brown paper bag over my head with just the eyes and mouth hole cut out.
0: That's a very good
1: answer. So we always talk about in lead up to world cup, how it's such a great showcase for like the world's talent. Yes. And there's obviously the exciting guys that are at the top of their game that we're always uh, like excited for and aware of. But there's also, you know, the great example and probably overused example by me at this point is the launching of Jaimez Rodriguez's career mm-hmm. in 2014 in Brazil. So this is going to dovetail in with like guess prediction. Who do you have earmarked for winning young player of the tournament?
0: Can I give you two guys because playing time on these guys kind of, Comes into play you can so
1: you can you can you can discuss two, but I want a pick from you, and I'm gonna I'm gonna discuss two and give you a pick from me as well.
0: Okay, I'm gonna discuss three then, and then I'll give yep. you, and then I'll tell you who the two would be, and then I'll narrow it down to one.
1: Okay, you're probably picking one of mine with your name and three, just, just but that's okay.
0: So, three guys that I think could win it as young player of the year: Jude Bellingham, yep, who is on fire. But Absolutely. I, I've, my only hesitation with him is I'm so both scared. Just scared, just scared that Southgate's
1: gonna be very gonna,
0: happy that Southgate wouldn't start him. Very good for the United States. Very yeah. bad for Bellingham in my take. Yeah. Jamal Musiala for uh-huh. Germany. I think the kid is so good. Yeah. Pedri, just because everybody likes him, and he and he <laughs> and he wins awards that he should yeah. over yeah. other people. And he's the one I'm most confident will start consistently over the other
1: two. Yeah, he will. He, he, I think he should, if healthy and not suspended, play every game.
0: But, if I can only pick one, and I really hope he plays, if I can only pick one, and if he doesn't play, if it messes, unfortunate, I'm going to go, actually, Jamal Musiala. I think he Dude, can do something really God
1: special. damn it! Get Are you fuck... kidding me? Yes. Really? That's who I have. I, I have... I think Bellingham is like the media kind of darling prediction and the betting favorite. He is is so good. He is playing so well. But me being the anti-English homer I am, I don't think England's going to make a far enough run in the knockout round for him to to showcase enough.
0: Mm.
1: I think Musiala is. (laughs) Yeah, I think they're both very, very, very fucking good. I think they're both very, very worthy. So I had Musiala uh, picked, but I had a Homer pick as well. Is it Gio? I had actually I had to narrow it down. I had two Homer picks. So I had to pick one between.
0: Was it Gio and Aronson?
1: Gio and Yunus Musa, I think, are both poised for a breakout, like to to really put the international stage on notice. Um, I am I I'm leaning Gio because I believe he will, if he gets. The playing time, and if we cannot fuck ourselves in the group stage, he will generate more goals and assists than Yunus Musa will, which always gives you a leg up on, like you know, winning these kind of breakout awards and, and, and getting noticed. I think they're both primed for a really really good tournament, and I think Gio, as I've said a couple of times, I think Gio is the most talented player on our roster. I know you have him second behind searching your desk and I'm not going to begrudge you uh, that analysis at all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Who do you have winning the Golden Ball for best player? Well, Donald,
1: it's all going to depend on who takes home the hardware.
0: I I think you can have two on this one because it is so dependent on that. And I kind of have. Two.
1: If Argentina, if Argentina win it, Messi is winning the Golden Ball. Yep. Even even if Messi has like one assist and no goals, he'll get the Golden Ball if Argentina win it.
0: I have that one. And then if Brazil win it, I think Neymar's going to win it.
1: If Brazil wins it, Neymar's going to win it. You know what? It. I
0: think Brazil is going to. You're probably going to end up being right about Brazil winning because then Brazil wins the World Cup. Neymar has a World Cup. Neymar's the Golden Ball or an anti Neymar podcast. It looks very badly for us. It's really all coming together for me.
1: <laughs> well, really coming together for Brazil and Neymar, but.
0: <laughs> yeah. What about Golden Boots? Because this is not this is oftentimes cannot doesn't have to be the winner.
1: Yeah, <laughs> because it, it's just it's just math it's just numbers based. just numbers baby. Who who do you, who do you I, I kind of led on this last one who you got going on on Golden Boot? <sighs> uh,
0: I want to I want to pick Mitrovic with every fiber of my picks.
1: <laughs> <sighs> do it. Fucking do it. No, you know what? I'm gonna <laughs> I took I'll, Japan. I took Japan to get out of the group over Spain. Fucking make a make a make a pick.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna do the golden man himself. I do think France will be in round enough time for Benzema to bang in a bunch.
1: This is why I let you go first, because I have Benzema as my golden ball winner. And I or my golden sorry, my golden boot winner. And I wanted you to be able to say it first because he is your guy.
0: <laughs> I do appreciate that. We have never been this same team about anything before, which I makes know. me think what, we're gonna we're gonna be so catastrophically wrong. Um, That's why we don't pick
1: knockout stage results until the knockout stage is set. Exactly.
0: <laughs> Just in case we're really bad. Um, I did want to read an email. To we got an email. This
1: is, um. Uh. Mailbags from douchebag for
0: douchebags. Mailbags for douchebags. It's not a question so much as it is a very positive sentiment. It is from someone I will only call Mark. It says, and it, it says, it's titled World Cup Special Part 1. Thanks for this. Super helpful for a casual soccer fan that gears up interest for international play. Feel like I know my team better going into next week. Great work, guys. Thanks, Mark. It was a really, really, really nice message. And we really appreciate it. And you know what? I, we've always kind of said with this podcast... If it makes a few people a little bit more interested in soccer and a little bit more informed about something, or at least they come out with a laugh, then it's worth it for us.
1: It's especially, I think, it, it hits home around World Cup time, right? And, and the fact that this, this podcast started uh, in the lead up to the last World Cup, so it's, it's near and dear to us, and the fact that we could help even one person get a little more situated for whatever this fuck fest of of dread and enjoyment we're about to walk into is uh really really happy to hear it glad to get that feedback and always always encourage you know if you guys have any thoughts any any ideas any questions please 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 you know shoot them our way you can reach us at own at at gmail.com um donnie knows the, the social tags
0: they're all at own we keep it yeah, very simple
1: Whatever it is at Ungol Pod, uh, hit, hit your boys up. Uh, one thing, once you know, it's been I think a minute since we've done a proper hot guy of the week. We're gonna probably do some hot guy of the segments when we record. We haven't fleshed out how often we're gonna be recording, but it's gonna be more often than not. You know, with the the, the recency of World Cup games, we'll think, once they get going.
0: Yeah, I'll, we'll probably for sure do an episode raft right with the group stage, and then figure out if we we'll, and then kind of figure out from there. How we're gonna do it, but Eric told you all our socials. Now you guys are all ready for the World Cup. Go make some bets, and uh, let's fucking go, USA boys! Let's go, USA, and I hope everybody thoroughly enjoys the greatest sporting event on earth. And with that, bye. It's an up goal! It's a gift! He's oh, almost done well to get that in because he's ahead of the near post. It's almost behind him. Sticks his left leg out, it almost hits his heel. Goes straight into the bottom of the corner, bottom corner of the net. Gets ahead of the ball, it's the inside of his calf. no chance to the keeper.